Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. We are streaming on our YouTube channel and this is being copied over to our Facebook uh, page and we're really excited to see you and have you see us and then do us a solid and go out and listen to the audio podcast, which you can find anywhere that you get quality podcasts. Um, or our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, or our, or our podcast. And we want to uh, welcome the new listeners who may have found us out here on YouTube who haven't been listening to the audio podcast. We're glad you're here and stuff like that. So uh, if you don't know what the Mount Rushmore podcast is, uh, the Mount Rushmore podcast is a thing where Richard and Michael... Hello. Howdy. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff went, Jeff went rogue there for a second. I've gone rogue. I've gone rogue. Uh, Richard and Michael rate and uh, uh, debate the most ubiquitous aspects of many different topics. And this topic is a really nice one because it's kind of getting around to Halloween where uh, in uh, films and cinema, people often find themselves uh, going on a back road and ending up at a uh, house that is uh, uh, filled with mystery and uh, mysticism and transvestites. And this aspect, this week is the Mount Rushmore of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, who chose it? That was my choice. Okay. Tell the camera. Tell that was my choice. Sorry. I'm so used to talking to you, Jeff, and not to our lovely <laughs> listener out there, our viewer out there. Um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is just one of those kind of things that exists in pop culture and has for 40 something years um kind of you know like brad and janet going along a dark country road is kind of in the background it's kind of always you kind of just stumble upon it when you turn like 16 15 years old somehow you just suddenly younger maybe yeah suddenly you're just like oh i've i'm watching rocky horror and then you know you uh it's on tv right around halloween usually and then you have like a cool older cousin that like is <laughs> going to take you to a midnight showing. And then um, at, as a thing that um, amazingly 40 something years later still exists. And um, I just think it's a very interesting kind of forward thinking movie for when it came out. It looks backwards and kind of looks forward um, and kind of celebrates uh, kind of sci-fi, horror, B-movie, cult movie sort of things. And it is like one of the very... I don't know, first, but it's a, a very true, earnest cult movie and cult phenomenon that um, I thought would be fun to kind of talk about. That's it. I think that's a great subject to talk about. The cult film that was made from a cult musical off yeah, yeah, yeah. Broadway, I think, uh, and... Starring a lot of the people that were in the musical in the first place. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely it's composer uh, Richard O'Brien, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I... It's interesting what you said is a, a movie that was kind of ahead of its time for when it came out, but one in which its subject matter was very much about revealing your true self and letting your identity um, be bravely exposed to the world. And that's often like around Halloween, <laughs> what people end up doing with their, yeah. their costumes or things like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I love this choice it's such a fun evocative thing to talk about because yeah the movie does so many things that we'd end up seeing a little bit later think of like um 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 sorry uh what was it um the you'll get there I, i'll get there my brain's let slowing let down let him know you smell the smoke little shop of horrors took sure. girl group music from the 50s and the B-movie elements that we saw in Rocky Horror and 
it existed as a musical on the stage, of course, before it was in a film. And it was definitely about that kind of uh, crossover between this dark night nightmarish world and this uh, the daytime world. And then what happens when those two things cross and dreams become fulfilled and the Faustian bargain gets made and all that kind of stuff that I felt like Rocky Horror did decades before. So that's yeah, cool. Okay, so it's Mike's choice, so Richard starts. All right, so my first choice, and you mentioned the first time you see it. Uh, mm-hmm. My first choice is the first time I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was 12, mm. and I was visiting my sister Joanne uh, in Bakersfield. I was spending the summer with her, and her and her girlfriend at the time uh, decided it would be great to go down to Los Angeles for the day, go do a few things, and then spend the night watching a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I can't mm. remember if we stayed the night or if we came home right after it. I don't remember that. But what I do remember, the things I remember from it, is just that that visceral experience of the first time you see people throwing things at the screen. Oh, yeah. Or the first time people are shouting these, like, choreographed lines. So you went to a midnight showing is what you It was at the New Art. Okay. Which is one of the, what was one of the the New Art here in uh, West Hollywood, uh, which was one of the first uh, cinema houses to show Rocky Horror Picture Show as a midnight movie. And one of the first ones to have a uh, cast, sort of up on stay up in front of the, the the screen, acting out everything that's happening. Just to let you know, the um, going to a midnight showing is also on my list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're in the same ballpark yeah. with this one. So and I, it was just for being a twelve-year-old, I'd never had an experience like that before, yeah. and it was just wild. And you know, as somebody who would who would discover mystery science theater 3000 within a couple Mm. of years of that you can when i first saw the first episode of mst3k it was very much like oh they're doing like a rocky horror picture show thing except uh, the same thing every week yeah they just sort of like institutionalized everything now the main thing the other thing i remember about it was being in the restroom like it, I think right before the movie started, or maybe between, maybe there's an intermission. I can't remember. And I was just go, coming out, washing my hands, and some dude who is dressed up as Frankenfurter mm-hmm. comes in, and he's like 25 or something like that, or 30. He's probably actually older than that. Um, and he actually said to me, "Aren't you a little young to be here?" <laughs> and I took a beat, looked at him, and said, "Aren't you a little old to be here?" <laughs> And walked out. Oh. It was the greatest mic drop moment. <laughs> it was like the one of the few times where, you know, those things where you look back on it and go, God, why didn't I say <laughs> this? It was one of the few times 12-year-old me managed to pull off the, the perfect yeah. bon mot. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, I, we have to just pause. Let the, dog, let the dog in. Did you say pause? Let the dog in. Yeah. P-A-W-S? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bud. Hey, Oreo. Oh, Rocky Horror. You guys talking about Rocky Horror? I've got some stories. <laughs> i got some stories. Hey, Oreo. Well, yes, buddy. You want to come up here? Yeah, he's good. I like that he's going to suddenly appear on camera like a bad edit on Rocky Horror. Like the zapper. Uh, that's a fun introduction uh, to it. And maybe you were a little bit kind of liberated to be your sassy self by the movie. <laughs> maybe a little bit. I don't know. And so, Michael, so midnight movies. Have you oh. ever, have you been to a midnight screening? I have been to a screening. Okay. I went, um, I don't have the exact date. I, I still have a copy of the actual diploma. That Oh, uh, very nice. I never, I never signed it. I never put the date on there. Um, Whoa. Also at the New Art. Right. Um, I was 18 
and I was um, in college and dating a girl in LA and she was like loved Rocky loved seeing Rocky Horror and of course we had to go I had to be divergentized on stage I had to go do the time warp I had to uh, be a part you know we had to bring in all of the accoutrement, right. the toilet paper and the rice and the uh, umbrellas and all, you know, all the different things that um, over, you know, when was that? Uh, 96, 97. So over, you know, 20 years had built up from when they started yeah. doing these like yeah. midnight showings. The midnight showings themselves started in 76, shortly after uh, the movie came out and um, started just by some guy making a wise ass comment um, Louis Faris or something. Oh, wow. I read about this guy that just basically was like shit talking Janet saying mm-hmm. like, get an umbrella, bitch, or <laughs> whatever he said. But like, right. um, so I kind of knew the concept of what we were going to go watch and what was going to happen, the audience participation and the cult status of it. But then, you know, you're forced, at no matter what age, to get on stage and have, um, you know, uh, people wearing uh, undergarments and uh, you know thigh high stockings and everything like humping you on stage and you're just like getting yelled at and teased yeah. and mocked and you're just like okay <laughs> but it's a very accepting crowd like right of course they're you know it's people that are kind of weirdos to put it yeah. in the other any other way that love these midnight showings that love going and repeating and being part of this thing that repeats and repeats and whatever and you're there and you're just sitting in the audience and you're done it's you know close to two in the morning or whatever and you're just like okay well i've got to survive that thing (laughs) but um you know these the audience participation thing it's not like with any other movie like the closest you get the closest you get and it's not even close is going to see star wars on like opening day and just people cheering at the words going up on the screen yeah well, and that's and that's and that is it. Well, the only one other one I'd say is they tried to make the room. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it just didn't work. No. I got to I saw the room with the crowd and it was it did seem reminiscent like they'd done the Rocky Horror thing and were trying to do it with the room. Right. Um, and I think the room is a just a bad bad movie and Rocky Horror is a great film. I I I think it's just f- fabulous and so it's just almost like beating <laughs> It's punching down. Right. I feel like with the room, the the uh... yeah, definitely the audience participation comes with um, a lot of love for having seen this thing, and it's just interesting that over in a short period of time, it turned into people dressing up, going on stage, and then like you know these midnight showings. There's you know it's like the uh, the inmates in the asylum just like taking over, and they're mm-hmm. just like ah. What are you gonna do? You got to do a lot of vacuuming up at the end, and just let the people dress up. Yeah, and do this thing, and then it just. And, that's, and, and to me, I mean, we, we both went to see our first time at the New Art. Yeah, Jeff, when you saw it your first time, was it in like, like Kansas City or something like that? Yeah, it was the Bijou Theater in Westport in Kansas City, which is the oldest part of Kansas City, and it was a midnight showing, and there was a competing. The next the next time I saw it was years later and I had, we had moved to the suburbs and this is, this is maybe some context. Like one thing that the film is about is, is sexual liberation and, and, or actually getting off the sidelines of life and getting in the game Mm -hmm. and doing whatever you dream of with whoever you dream with doing it with. 
And the suburbs offers none of that. <laughs> and, and the kids who went to go see it in the suburbs were these kids who were much more repressed than the kids yes, I went that to. Was, yeah. That was my point behind mm, this. Okay. Was that I would imagine for someone like you growing up in, in kind of more of a, a you know, or me, but I happen to just have the opportunity to come out to Los Angeles for a yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, it really being having a Rocky Horror Picture Show repertory company or a midnight showing that happens every week. It gives you that opportunity to sort of sort of be with the other weirdos, as Michael, I think, correctly yeah. called them. You know, my sister-in-law, uh, Jennifer, she was in a Rocky Horror cast for a couple of years when she was into high school, just out of high school. Was she a Magenta? Age. Was she a Columbia? Was she a Janet? Or do you just play everybody, I'm I, sure, at some point? I don't remember. Hmm. I, I, I don't remember that that in depth but I, I know for her it was and there was eventually a lot of as with any group whether it's a kickball league mm. or whatever mm. there's there's political bullshit that goes on behind the scenes and, and winds up kind of becoming an issue and I don't know exactly what I don't know I don't know exactly what happened <laughs> I love that idea but I, I love that this is like no no <laughs> It's only assholes right on doors, and that's what we say every time. Can't we change it? Yeah, get yeah. a little stale here. But I, my, my point is, I know for her, it was a big deal to have an outlet in San Jose where she could go and be with other kind of alternative mm-hmm. weirdo kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that meant a lot to her, and a lot of it means a lot to a lot of people who have probably had a lot of their awakenings for things in their lives that they were able to kind of get work through hmm. by being part of this. Yeah, for sure. I, I have to say I benefited from a parenting in which they just allowed me to go do whatever with whoever, whenever. And my parents were very good about bringing in all of their friends into our household who were gay, straight, trans, whatever um some open couples swingers <laughs> these are all like the f- people that my dressing in bowling shirts <laughs> in bowling, crazy outrageous <laughs> swing dancing uh, yeah them. uh bolo ties a, just what have you call social services so you could get this child out of this house so cars, by the time cars, cars driving up with a big uh, long horn horns <laughs> yeah. on the front can't trust them either <laughs> by the time i had seen rocky horror i think i had been in a few plays with um, um, gay and lesbian and and trans people. So I remember by the time I saw it, I remember thinking, what's everybody so uptight about? (laughs) And this is Kansas City, so I'm surprised I had that much exposure. But uh, then in going into the suburbs and seeing kids who didn't have that kind of upbringing and just seeing their eyes pop open. And and the, the second time I saw it, there was a kid who was from a Chicago cast in Kansas City and he had all these different things that they said in that cast mm. and so afterwards it was um, it was almost like the United Nations like the prison trading of rice from Chicago to Kansas City so, <laughs> so yeah so okay we've we've been talking about the midnight movie so I guess do we want to go to Michael to reveal something that be part of your second choice my second choice sure is uh, just the time warp as a song and yeah. as a dance yeah and it's something easy to do and something that is just catchy as fucking hell. There's a lot of great songs in uh, Oh yeah, uh, Damn It Janet, uh, yeah. Touch It, Touch It, Touch It, Touch Me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too keen on Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul. <laughs> it's just a yeah. song I just don't particularly like. Yeah. I don't really care for even the, the meatloaf character. 
Okay. Full stop. And I just don't care. I was a big Bat Out of Hell and Jim Steinman fan, so yeah. that, that really looped into that world, but it did seem to be a little bit out of the, the liberation aspect of it. Hmm. There's a girl group vibe to some of those other things that isn't in that song. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's like the... Um, you know, pulling in the 1950s biker sort of aspect, yeah. greaser sort of thing that, you know, like this this movie pulls in so many different like 1950s, early 60s sort mm-hmm. of references to science fiction. And I'm guessing that was just another, I, who knows? I, I don't know. But the time warp is just like this indelible, wonderful easy to dance along to yeah they, they give you, you how to they do it literally give you instructions your uh who was it your cousin that uh a uh, friend of mine uh, friend brian of mine. uh who you oh, guys met before oh, yeah, brian. yeah of course um yeah I, I told the story off air uh was doing the time warp and his knee locked up on him and he crumpled in the <laughs> oh no so don't do that oh, it's, for, it's just a jump to the left and then the step to the right See, <laughs> so that's, he got mixed up. that's what he did he did the step so, first then the, then jump, the jump and, and then, then the whole thing <laughs> yeah okay when they said put your hand on your hips what did the crowd say <laughs> Not your tits, but your hips will do or something, something. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's just a great scene in the entire thing. It's it's the kind of the biggest, most well-known. Like when I think of Rocky Horror, I think of the time warp. Sure. Strange. So for my wedding, too, this is a really strange coincidence with this. Um, we had a jukebox, and I asked different guests to, uh, uh, what song would you like? Uh, yeah. To have on the jukebox that you can dance to, just any sort of thing. I anything was open. My mom suggest, requested the time warp. What? Right on. So we made all like right. little CDs for all the different tables um, that had like you know music from our ceremony uh-huh. and you know Jens Lechman and um, whatever, all these different things. Yeah. And then uh, for my mom, she was just like, "Can I have the time warp?" <laughs> yes, you can. And I was like, yeah, "Perfect. This is a great. This is a, even a great song for a wedding." Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's such a step up from the. Uh, the funky chicken. Yeah. 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 It's got instructions. Anybody can do it. You can all do the same thing. It's like, uh, not the Cupid shuffle or or like, uh, the chicken dance. Yeah. The chicken (laughs) dance. No, no. Time works much. It's the alternative version of the Macarena. And so I don't know. I think the song is just, you know, it's obviously the film is a musical and has a lot of fun numbers, but uh, you know, I think this is just the one that eh, it's just great. Yeah. And And it hits it like the prime, and something we'll talk about later, but hits on like just this prime part of the movie where mm-hmm. everyone's kind of been introduced and it's just as big as can be. Yeah, and it is contextual in a way because they have arrived in a in a geographic area where people are dressed in 50s, where the music is kind of of the 50s mm-hmm. and the clothing is kind of from the any time, or almost like Weimar Germany, <laughs> you know, with bowler hats and stockings and things like that. Uh so yeah, the time time is 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 very warped, as well as that being very much part of um, uh, early rock. Um, if you had a dance like the Twist or the Locomotion or something like that, yeah. you'd sell a lot of records there. So yeah, mm-hmm. all those songs are about fucking. Was time, time Warp was about fucking. <laughs> time Warp. Every song about... that mentions like uh, we're gonna do a new dance, the Locomotion is a song about fucking. Yeah, the Twist. The Twist song about fucking. All yeah. of them. Every it's... song about dancing is a song about. It's all it. about Mickey's monkey. That's definitely about <laughs> fucking. I think the do monster. The, I think do the, the monster, sexual intercourse. Do the sexual <laughs> monster mash is a song about fucking. Probably. Fucking monsters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. So this was was it the uh, uh, what's his name? Dino Stemopoulos, comedy writer, was talking about. Could you sing the 
uh, monster mash lyrics to the theme from mash the tv show <laughs> <laughs> i was working in my lab one night <laughs> and my eyes beheld an eerie sight okay uh richard what is your second okay my second choice is uh rocky horror show uh movie night at usc circa 1995 wow okay um they held it at the uh, big bovard auditorium which is the big auditorium on campus and several things happened during that performance. Uh, one of them is that they had a costume contest before. And it was sort of vague about what you were going to be. So I decided just to go full on Frankenfurter. Had uh, Sarah's... Uh, Hot. A slip from Sarah on. Had makeup. Had okay. a, a, oh, I can't remember. I did not have a wig, but I had long hair at the time. Okay. So it kind of worked. And then combat boots because we tried to do... Uh, heels. Heels and a... Sarah's feet are way too small for me to fit into them, and B, I just can't do heels. Okay. Alert. Um, got yeah, everyone had to go up on stage. I got up on stage, and they asked me who I was dressed up as, <laughs> which was kind of dumb because you're at Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and I, in my lowest voice, went J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Nice. I won the costume <laughs> and won like a hundred dollar gift card Yay. to the bookstore or whatever the hell I won. It's one the of the student union. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, it was it was one of the greatest moments. The other thing I remember from it was there was a girl that we had classes with, and we called her Puffy Paint Michelle. Oh, because she had her all of her notebooks and everything. She had still had Puffy Paint her name in Puffy uh-huh. Paint with little stars and hearts. Yeah, you know, like she was still fourteen. And yet, she was playing like Magenta, oh. or one of the characters in the the cast that was up there, and so it was just jarring to see this like goody of, goody, yeah, kind of you know girl who was nineteen going on on fourteen, mm-hmm. you know, up there in like short shorts and heels, like doing these very sexualized things. It was very like hmm. jarring, and I didn't like it. Okay, uncomfortable. You, you were. Uh, followers of the podcast may know that Richard graduated high school early and started college. I did a year early. Okay. You went to USC? I did go to USC. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, so how old were you when? I would have been 18 or 19. Okay. But, but, but I think more mature than someone who is still putting puffy paint swirls and hearts on their (laughs) notebooks. Now who's judgmental? Me. That's who's judgmental. Okay. You want to get, you want to get the hot take? (laughs) All right. Let's bring up the hot. hot take. Uh, this episode brought to you by Puffy Paint. Um, oh, damn it! Yeah, so this is so unfortunate that we've been damn dissing it. it for the last <laughs> less ten minutes. Okay, so the, actually, this episode is brought to you by you, the listener. You have the opportunity to guide our podcast slash stream with the topics that you think the nation, nay, the world, nay, the universe wants to hear. So if you have a topic, um, hey, try to top Rocky Horror Picture Show if you can. But if you have a topic that is something about pop culture or something about anything history history yeah thank you Mike, michael say say what a topic could be like uh any su- any subject a type of topic uh great topic would be um uh rocks we've run out of ideas here at we're the done Marshmore podcast yeah we're yeah we're, 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 we're scraping the barrel. We're scraping the resin out of the, the weed pipe, and we're smoking the resin. So this is how we need you to give we, us some help by going on a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, suggesting a topic. And past suggestors have been on the show as participants. You don't have to, but it could happen via Zoom and the magic that that can provide us. So you don't have to do all that you can actually help us out by downloading rating and reviewing past episodes and if you're watching this on youtube just like and subscribe 
So that would be super cool. Yeah. Okay, at this point, um, Michael, this is your this is your suggestion. Just look in the camera, and okay, what do you think about Richard's topics or Richard's um, answers so far? Great so far. A lot of uh, you know uh, audience participation, which Rocky is all about. Yeah. It's um, you know it's a Rocky Horror is a the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a very much a personal experience and how you take it in. You know whether you're watching it on. The TBS, it, you know, <laughs> it takes, you know, Three in the morning. yeah, whatever, whenever the size of show, it's, um, in, in night flight or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, these are, I think it's a movie that speaks to uh, a person specifically. And, um, I think Richard's choices are great. Okay. I mean, bad. Sorry. Richard. Oh, I forget I said that. Bad. Richard, look in the camera. Yeah. What do you think about all the the smokescreen that uh, Winfield's putting up nah, here. There, Michael's had some good choices. I mean, we both talked about the uh, the midnight movie showing aspect of it, which I think is obviously a big part of the lure and the allure of, of going to see Rocky Horror. And how can you not love the time warp? Yeah. Okay, so these, these gentlemen are Stop nothing. Tear us apart. <laughs> nothing yeah. not diplomatic. Love will tear us apart. Not love will tear us apart. Jeff will tear us apart. I will tear you apart. He's got a uh, it's not your Joy Division mm-hmm. song. Okay, uh, so Michael Winfield is going to let us know his third. All right, my third choice is uh, just the fact that this movie I think loses a lot of steam in the third act. I think oh. at some point it just becomes uh, kind of a chore to watch. Okay. Yeah. I, the movie is so great up until a certain point where you're just like, oh, can we just be done with this movie? Mm-hmm. I just the, like the the third act with the ray guns and the jump to doing the pool and the corner yeah. thing and that kind of a the song RKO. Is kind of it the just don't dream the it. Dr- don't dream it. Be, be it. it. Yeah. I know that's like the mantra the of the movie, yeah. but like it, I, it just loses it for me. And like, I'm trying to remember what it was like when I first saw it, being like almost two in the morning, mm-hmm. and at some point. The buzz wears off. You're, you're tired. You're, yes, you're there, and you're watching this thing, and you're, it's, you watch it at midnight, and then it's just like 1.15, It's kind of moving on. The kind of the audience participation has started to die down a little bit. Yeah. It's still there, but it's just not doesn't have the same vigor as it had, you know, uh, 72 minutes before. And I think the movie, you know, as much as it is kind of like this kind of quasi love letter to – B movies and sci-fi. I think it just, it's, it needed a little bit of something, and I don't know what that something is. Hello, my name is Richard O'Brien. I am the writer composer yes. for Rocky Horror, uh, the stage play, hmm. and Rocky Horror Picture Show. I didn't tell you motherfuckers <laughs> to watch this at midnight. Okay. <laughs> eight o'clock, eight fifteen. That'd be a good time to start it. Okay. How about a matinee? How about a matinee? <laughs> Sunday matinee, go in there with the blue hairs. You know, go get brunch beforehand. Then go on and leave. You still got time to be back in Long Island for dinner. I didn't make you guys watch this movie at midnight, okay? It's cool that you're doing it, but don't bitch and moan when there's a third act. gets kind of draggy, okay? It's you who's draggy. And rant. Wow, that's like when we used to have the president show. Up. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> President Richard O'Brien. President Richard O'Brien. He's president of uh, Off Off Broadway. You know, and I think it's also just a movie that just kind of ends. They kind of yeah. kill the people, and then they fly off back to transsexual Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, that's Poochie flying back off, and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, back to my planet, back to now. my planet, and yeah. um, I don't know. I was just like, okay, the, the, I guess Brad and Janet survived and go off to have a life. Uh huh. I think so. See well, now I don't what, even now I know, don't even know. You know what happens? My third choice happens. Uh-oh. Lay it on us. Shock treatment. 
Oh, okay. The, yeah. Sort of sequel, not really a sequel, but it's got some of the same characters uh-huh. from Rocky Horror Picture Show, including Brad and Janet, who are now uh, married and living in Denton, USA, which has been taken over by some like some con- business conglomerate, and they're forced to compete in this like weird like game show. Okay. And here's the thing about it. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, it's very bad okay and it's bad in the way that you mentioned the room where they tried to make that into a cult thing yeah shock treatment i believe was made with the it was made in 1981 so that by that point rocky horror as a cult phenomenon had existed for probably about five years and i believe that they made shock treatment specifically as in an attempt to make another cult movie like they wanted to they, their mm. thought, the thought process being, well, if we, if it, if this little Rocky Horror film is still making money for people, you know, five, ten years after it's been out, why don't we make another movie and then we, at some point, people are going to get sick of seeing Rocky Horror Picture Show. So if we give them something new, we can start the whole process all over again. And Richard O'Brien directed it and wrote it, and it's just, it's zero out of five stars. Oh wow! Recommend. Wow. Does it have uh, musical numbers too? Or yes, is it... it does. Mm. And they're just not as good. Mm. Like I said, it's just, it reeks of trying too hard to be a cult movie. And yeah. you can't make a cult movie. A cult movie is a thing that just sort of happens organically, I think. Mm-hmm. And this was an attempt to try and manufacture a cult movie. Oh, oh that's too bad. I, I haven't you seen, never it. seen it. Yeah, no. I saw it once. You know, I think it came on like Night Flight or something mm-hmm. like that. Not good. Hmm. I'll try to find it because it's, uh, I. Are Love you... to waste my time is what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might enjoy it. I don't know. I mean, I could be. I could be completely wrong. I'm. I could be completely wrong. I'm fascinated with this kind of hipster auteurs. Like the, there's a guy named Charles Ludlam who was an off off Broadway, uh, New York guy, and he had his own theater called the Ridiculous Theater, and he would do different um, genres. He would spoof this, spoof that, and and. Um, I'm just amazed at that person. Well, like Shakespeare had the Globe, you know. He or no, that wasn't his theater, but like he had this. They have a venue, they write stories for it, and they they put them up in this place. Or like Bob Baker's, you know, theater that he had for 50 mm-hmm. plus years. I'm just fascinated with those guys who have they have they have the playground. They have the, and they invent the game, and they just do one thing after another in that in that space. So I I, I wish I was I wish I had those kind of resources. Okay, uh, this is, um, oh boy, this is Michael Rep. No, this is, yeah, yeah, Michael wrapping it up, yeah. My last choice is the 1985 Commodore 64 <laughs> video game, The Rocky Horror. What? Wait, really? I don't know, you're making that up. It, it must have been an Amiga move, it, game. It is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is a real thing? Real game. I'm looking this up right now. Wow. Go look up, a, go watch like a, like a, a playthrough on YouTube where... Uh, the game is based on this idea that Janet is going into uh, the this house. It's like this kind of side scroll. You can kind of go up uh-huh. and down on this little yeah. whatever, and you try to avoid uh, all the different characters trying to zap you, and mm. to Frankenfurter's trying to do something. You're trying to assemble all these little pieces to the D Medusa machine because Brad is locked up in something. So you have to go all over this dumbass mansion and get these pieces to put into the machine and press buttons and do things. It's not, it's not great. Wow. But it's also comes some 
close to nine years after um, the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, there are these games that were just like, all right, so there's a property. Mm-hmm. We can do something with this, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no reason, like, the Young Ones video game should exist. Yeah. But oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was a Young Another, Ones. I know that one. Go look for the Young Ones video game. It looks just as awful. <laughs> And, you like, know, these, these little characters, like, just moving back and forth and, like, saying quippy things. And it's more like you can look, take, or grab. Like, there's no reason for this to exist, really, yeah. other than to people know what Rocky Horror is. Do you think there was a different mentality regarding video games? Like, um, there's no reason necessarily you might have a an adaptation of a film like Star Wars into a comic book, a Marvel comic. Mm. But it was pretty commonplace to do yeah um oh my god i think the dog farted yeah um, it was it's really sorry, bad guys. no sorry. hey uh we all have dogs <laughs> but a video game seems like a pain in the ass to make and, and i just don't know what like what is the what is the level of money that went into it how much money do you think they'd make off of it uh, maybe there is just like an you know the video game engine i don't yeah. even think they'd call it that that it's built on it's like okay all you need to do is kind of redesign the sprites a little bit uh uh-huh. You go in there and you're getting the thing and you move the thing. Change around. the color of the characters. Yes. Now you got to. Now you got to. Yeah. Game. Maybe it's not as hard. Maybe it's not difficult. But like, I think just like the balls to just try to capitalize on something so much later yeah. than when it came out. Like maybe it had reached that cult status or was within there. But like, still, who are you? Like, who's the target audience? <laughs> who is the one that's like, I need this for my uh-huh. Apple II? Wow. I got to play this. Oh, game. It was Apple II? It wasn't Commodore. I think it was both. Wow, the the trash eighty, the Vic twenty, or something, whatever okay. it was, it was just like, you know, you'd play it with a up, down, left, right, or yeah, eight. it was the Apple two and the Commodore sixty four and the one twenty eight, if you needed that extra those extra sixty four bits of mm. computing power. The game I remember that my sister Joanne had that I played a lot when I would go visit her in Bakersfield was the Dallas video game. <laughs> where you were like, it was like a roll. It was like a like an RPG type game yeah. where you had to like. Well, it was like one of those like like a mud sort of thing where you had to go through and you'd interact with a character, and then mm. you'd have to ask them the right series of questions to get the clue that you needed. Yeah. But then you'd go ask somebody else, and they, like, you had to try and solve the mystery based on all of these clues. So wow. If, you know, you know, an eight bit eight bit generated Charlene Tilton, <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> this game had it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Richard, you've given us your four. Have you given yeah, us your I've four? Yeah, I've got one more. Okay. All right. One more to lay your, lay last, your last one on us. Last one is the uh, realization that I will have to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show with my daughter. At some yeah. Time. Okay. That's going to happen. Okay. Well, you're, I bet you and, and, and probably sooner rather than later. Because if you guys don't know, my daughter is 14 now. Uh, she is, she's a goth and she's into theater. Yeah, that's right that's on. Pretty that, much, that's pretty I mean, much the wheelhouse for. Yeah. Talk, you talked about a target audience of who you're trying to who you're trying to get to buy this video game. That mm-hmm. is, your daughter at 14 is the target audience for getting someone to go see Rocky for the next decade plus of her life. Exactly. So we were actually <laughs> talking about this. We had a long car ride home today, and I was just sort of brought up. Hey, here's one of the topics for the for the that we're one of the episodes that we're doing for tonight, and that was like the first thing that that came up was like. How about the fact that you need to take Vivian to go see this at some point very soon? <laughs> uh, and, does, I can't, I, I, and as soon as she said, as soon as my wife said that, I just was like yes. And now I can't wait to go take her. Oh, That's cool. exciting! Does uh, does Vivian know this movie exists? Yes. Does she know the audience participation aspect? Yes. Is she going to be? Uh, is she the type? I love these questions right now. By me. 
Is she the type of person that wants to know the answers, or are you going to take her in like kind of fresh and let her I experience? I let her experience it kind of the same way I did, which was kind of like slightly blind. That's great. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for oh, it. That's wonderful. I think she's the right age for it. She's definitely the right temperament for it. Yeah, she's a smart kid. <laughs> and it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be a good experience. Oh, how cool! I imagine. Were you to be a six foot six, you know, high school, you know, freshman, you're, you know, people are going to ask you every day, do you play basketball? And right. she is in theater and she is, um, you know, a little bit kind of artsy kind of, kind of kid. Yeah. She's just, she, she's probably going to think, I got to see it because people are just going to be asking me. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like, like this weird blind spot if she hasn't at some uh, point. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the last one. Yeah, good choice. Man. That's the last one. Taking the kid out to to see it. Okay. Um, all right. So that is uh, those are all the choices. So at this point, uh, Jeff Hopkins gets to pick what he thinks is going pick to a, be. Pick a pick a pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we went this whole episode without just talking about what a unique uh, performance and performer. Uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, is. I thought about that. I actually thought about doing a, an audible on, on on one of mine because it, Tim Curry is just chewing all of the scenery. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I think I've read a little bit about him getting off of the part and then doing it, and and just knowing that it, it might brand him a certain way, but then going forward with amazing abandon and full commitment. Yeah, full commitment, and he, even in that Rocky Horror kind of channels uh, genre elements of, of cinema, um, not just sci-fi, but, you know, Tim Curry is like fucking, you know, um, Joan Crawford in some scenes at Betty Davis. He has this like amazing um, performance in there. So, yeah. But anyway, those weren't what you chose. Um, let's go with the Midnight Showing because that, that indoctrination and rite of passage is something that – I think many people associate with that film. What other movie really has like a midnight show? Like we we discussed that, but like other than the room, there's nothing that's like tied with sexual liberation. With yeah, it's nothing. It's it's a it's a one of one showing around here. I think at the New Beverly, don't they show like a Tarantino movie every mm -hmm. Saturday night at midnight? But that's not the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. It's his theater. Yeah. That's just him being <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's go with Midnight Showing and then let's go with uh, the game, the uh, Rocky Horror game. Because that's. Oh, I got to find the main em emulator for this and, and play this like tonight. Yeah. What if the movie Tron was him getting stuck in that game versus <laughs> Tron? Like, oh my God. Get me out of here. Um, and then uh, I kind of think the, uh, the fact that Richard went out of the theater and into the real world with it and then won a yeah. costume contest. It's pretty cool. And also, let's go with passing that on to another yeah. generation. So sometimes uh, it's, it'll, Vivian will get it, and then Felix is going to go later on. So this has been, and then my dog, I'm going to take my dog <laughs> to see it, who's been farting this whole show. This has been the Mount Rushmore of Rocky Horror. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 